Here we go. Welcome to the podcast for New Hope Classical Co-op. We are here again, gathered around the table to talk about a very interesting topic. I believe it'll be a good discussion. We're talking today about extracurricular activities. Extracurricular activities. Give us a good working definition, Dwight Hopkins, of extracurricular activities. Uh, Just activities that kind of help round you out as a person. And we say extracurricular because they go beyond yeah, yeah. the curriculum. Yeah, they're outside the classroom. Yes. And what would you say, just speaking speaking from personal testimony, you mentioned your extracurriculars yes. last yes. year, last yes. week. Yes. What What is uh, some of your favorites? What are some of your favorite? Uh, like from public school? Yeah, from public school. Okay. For me, it was FFA. And that has, you know, it's interesting because when I was in that, that was very much like, you know, it was very agricultural-based. And even though even in the 80s, you know, agriculture was already getting more and more centralized. And nowadays, kids that are in FFA, it's very much promoted. In fact, when I was in it, it was called Future Farmers of America. Now they don't even use that term. It's just mm. called FFA. Yeah. And they definitely promote that as a leadership organization, not an agricultural not organization. Yeah. And so the, the kids that are involved in that now... Uh, many of them are not agri- from agricultural families. Yeah, you know, and I have no doubt that you yes. rocked the navy corduroy jacket. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I don't have a doubt in Blue my mind. Gold. <laughs> uh, let me tell you something real quick about FFA. Is uh, the the to me the coolest thing about it? It was the only club in high school, and, and you know, clubs in Lincoln County High School in the eighties was a big deal. We had two club days a month, where like the first hour, our fifteen minutes, where it was. Of uh, of the day was devoted exclusively to clubs. Clubs met during the school hours. They're at school. FFA was the only organization there. We conducted our meetings literally using Robert's Rules of Order. Wow, wow! And we knew that inside and out. This I mean, is, we knew it really. Which know. which stirred up your love for politics. And, and, and you a, would and think a, that you know a bunch of you know. Farm boys would be the last group to do that. We yeah. were the only group yeah. that was doing that. It sounds like the FFA was heavily populated among Baptists. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah so, there you so, go. We had a lot of committees. So, yeah. So, so, okay. So, Melinda, growing up in high school, what was some of your favorite ec- extracurriculars? Choir. And uh, that really wasn't until my senior year. Drama and choir. And I was very, very active in orchestra, but it was not through my school. Mercer County High School did not have an orchestra. And so I participated in the what was originally the Danville String Program, and it became the Heritage Area String Program because there were more than just Danville kids involved in it. And it was started by a group of parents along with Center College to bring orchestra instruments to a community that didn't have them. And Center backed it for a long time until probably my senior year, I think it was 89 or so, that they pulled out of it and it became entirely parent-run. And it's still going strong today, which is where Laurel got her start. Nice. Amy? Extracurricular basketball. favorites, bla- basketball. No, no. Basketball, and then my senior year, I was see, I wasn't only I had to pick one sport because my parents said they weren't going to drive me everywhere, so I had basketball until I got my license, and then my junior year, I played six sports. Nice, and I was terrible at all of them, but I was having the time of my life. I went from one practice to the next. Six sports. Yeah, it was just social. I mean, I, I was even on the golf team. What is that? <laughs> I did. I'm, I would. It was like a hundred. My score was like a hundred or above every time, but. It was fun. They called you Mulligan, didn't they? I don't even. Yeah, probably. I, <laughs> I didn't know any of the rules or anything. I just went because I just wanted to go. All right, Bobby. Uh, sure. What clubs did you? What yeah. what extracurriculars did you participate in? I played soccer. Um, I loved it. Yeah, we were terrible, but I did love it for I, Lincoln County High School. Yes, we were awful. <laughs> it was so fun. Hope they're fantastic. Listening. No, they're fantastic now. We were terrible, but it was fun. That was the early 2000s. So that's before soccer was in the area. I know. I know. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> I can't help it. You've been friends all this time and you had <laughs> no, no clue that we she played soccer. Uh, and then also the youth group. Like <laughs> I didn't really do a lot of other sporty things. Um, kind of wasn't allowed to go a lot of places, but I did love the youth group. That was my thing. Very yeah, good. So good you, you're mentioning something that didn't just come about with school because extracurriculars mm-hmm. don't have to be tied to an educational institution. Right. Uh, they could be youth oriented, youth group oriented, uh, 4-H. We've talked about mm-hmm. that before. Um, while we're chiming in here, what a diverse group at the table who have all kinds <laughs> of different interests. Um, my high school days was pre-Jesus. <laughs> 
So my extracurricular activities, I will just omit for another podcast. Oh, my God. Um, That's for the confession um, podcast. How how far the Lord's brought you. That'll be the title of that one, okay? I'll be sick that Um, day. But but let's talk for a little bit. You didn't say. Uh, It was bad. You weren't in a sport or anything? No. My extracurricular activity was sin. Aw. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, that went along with the sports for me. But. Actually, actually, my only activity was sin. Curricular was not even on the radar. Um, <laughs> Dwight's like, God. Yeah, and guess what I did? Guess what I did? I walked across the high school stage, and I got the Just same like diploma else. every valedictorian got. Isn't that a little discouraging? It is. Yes. Like, I'm going to yes. take this seriously. Con- congratu- nope. <laughs> congratulations on all your all's hard work. I got the same sheet y'all did. Oh, you're that kid. Yes, yeah, sorry. Okay, so we've mentioned what uh, extracurriculars are. We've talked about our own experiences. Do they look? Do they or do they not look similar to a homeschool crowd? Amy, do they look similar? Absolutely, for us. So all the things that we just mentioned here <coughs> are no. are pretty much available well, or possibly available. FFA is not. Yeah, and FFA is not mm-hmm. yet. Dwight Hopkins may be yeah. bringing there back, you go. Bringing back the Navy Coat. <laughs> we'll be the light homeschool uh-huh. FFA chapter. That's yes, cool. we will, baby. <laughs> I don't even know if that's a that's thing. Cool. So they, there are a lot of extracurriculars available, though. Let's, oh, yes. let's talk about some of them that are available. Just quick list. Let's just play some outburst for fun. Um, Amy and I obviously are more attached to the sports side of things for, for homeschool world in our community, and we're talking about mainly light. Mm-hmm. Um we have girls basketball, boys basketball, volleyball for girls and boys, soccer, um, baseball, fast pitch softball when Corona's not crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, they're talking about adding archery. Um, mm-hmm. There's a lot of different things that are going on. So let's let's list some of the clubs you can be involved in. Chess club. What else? There's a book club. Book club. <laughs> I mean, I don't go to it, but some people like book club. And um, there's other things besides, but there's a lot of spo- uh, a lot of groups that you can, like the music thing you do, mm-hmm. is homeschoolers can do those things, yeah. even though okay. it's not through light, like whatever the, the music Heritage thing. String Program. Heritage yeah. String Program. And then Susanna Swimming is Commonwealth Sw- Swimming. Commonwealth so Swimming. To do that. Well, I know somebody who was in the Danville Children's Choir, too. Danville yeah. Children's yeah. Choir. And there's the theater groups also oh, in Harrodsburg. Oh, Ragged Edge. Ragged Edge, Westy Hill, absolutely. Yeah. Wow, yeah. that's a lot. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Well, then you all mentioned 4-H. I know each county has mm-hmm. its own 4-H thing, and those, yep. we did sheep showing one year, and it was fantastic. Yeah. We yeah, were Mar- in Garrett Marley's big in 4-H right now. There you go. She's getting Lincoln it. County has a great homeschool 4-H group. Yes, they do. Yeah, we go to those, too. Yes, they do. I was trying to do an art class that oh, met yeah. once a month. I remember that, yes. Um, with a guy who lived in Harrodsburg, Robbie Childers. He's an artist, self-taught, wonderful, loves the whole homeschooling idea. And he was working with us to teach art classes. He's moved to Versailles, so I don't know. Oh, he yeah. says he's willing to keep coming, but we had a real slowdown in participation because he had to go back to work at Toyota, and he couldn't meet on Fridays anymore. And Saturdays are so busy with everything else. We had a yeah. big drop-off. But drop the community off. arts, but, I mean, the community. Uh, the Danville Community <coughs> Arts Center definitely has, like, little pottery things and painting things that oh, they yeah. do. Yeah. You could spend a fortune. You could spend a fortune, <laughs> but you would be very There's busy. There's lots of cool stuff. Okay, yes. so um, looking back to my days as a homeschool parent and still involved in <laughs> homeschool world even now, a lot of our time was occupied with sports. Um if you're going to be pretty competitive in sports, you're going to have to practice. You're going to have to play. There's a lot of things that go on with that. How do we determine as parents, and how can we help those listening as parents, determine how important are these extracurricular activities, and how do I gauge how much is too much? What am I looking for? How am I measuring that? What am I doing as a mom, as a dad? How do I gauge that? Bobby, you start this conversation. Well, for us, honestly, for seven and a half years, I know I keep talking about that, but we were doing therapy, so sports were just not an option. And we did in that time. Michael David did upward, and Caleb did upward, until he told me he'd rather just eat snacks at the concession stands. (laughs) And that was the end of his sports career. And then the year they played T-ball, Caleb said, I just wish we had chairs out here. (laughs) He's my child. Um, But... So we didn't do a lot of sports because we just didn't have the time. And so I think that it's hard. I don't know. For me, it's just this feeling sometimes of guilt. I've had, I think maybe all of my children, even in the past year, have said they would love to do like an instrument and learn the strings. When they had the cellos at school, Melinda Blythe was, 
she loved it, and she was so proud when she could remember the name of the instrument that she saw played. And I, you know, I know Jude's asked about the violin. Um, that's one thing I would love to to put money on. And Michael David wants to do the baseball team, but it's just trying to figure out. Um, I think the question was time. I might be rambling, but um, it's hard for me to figure out how to to fit that into the schedule and where to put that because it is such a chunk of time, and I have four children. And then also the expense. That's one thing for us that. You know, we just weren't able to justify the extra expense for a long time. And so, you know, now there's a little bit more margin that we could fit that into. But I'm trying to figure out what that looks like for us at this moment. Yeah. So, Dwight, as a dad, um, listening to these moms chime in about um, how do we know when it's too much? Uh, How important are they? How do you figure out what the balance is? What are you going to do as a dad to, to make sure Marley is not overboard, is doing the right thing what what, what are you going to do I, to, for me one of the quickest ways you could know you know you're doing too much is when it's not fun anymore oh, yeah. you know for everybody involved you know everybody's getting burnout on it or whatever um so yeah i mean i would say that's you know that's kind of a, like a you know hopefully you could you could find out how to strike that balance before it got to that point but you know every every kid's different mm-hmm. And uh, so it's hard to gauge that sometimes until, you know, something's kind of run off the track a little bit. We're going to come back to that fun thing. Go ahead. What tends to happen for us is that it's fun for the participant. Right. But it's miserable for the other six family members. So is is that when you stop? I mean, I don't know. I don't know. This is the interesting dynamic because Dwight is is preparing for one. Mm -hmm. And we'll talk in a little bit about multiple children and how do you you balance that? What do you do? Uh, What do you do if you're running all over the place for swimming? And the rest of them have yeah. no desire for swimming. Yeah, that's really tough. Do you leave them home? Do they go? Do they start swimming? What do they do? Yeah. Uh, what do you say to, um, let's say that we have a, a kid who likes potato chips and screen time. And you can hear them getting fatter every <laughs> bite they take. And, and you say, well, you know what? Uh, you're going to have to play a sport this year. And they say, you know, I don't want to. It's not fun for me. And and you say, look, you're going you're going to charge us an arm and a leg on yes. your diabetes and everything else that you're going to have, which is the only thing America invents, by the way, these days <laughs> is diabetes. Yes. But but anyway, how do you push them to say, well, out? you're going to be involved in, in extra? In the beginning, up to a certain point, you have to make kids do what's good for them, whether whether they're having fun with it or not, mm-hmm. you know. And then after a certain amount of time, I mean, you can't. You can't fit a square peg in a round hole after you know after a certain point. I think it becomes obvious to everybody that hey, my kid's not a sports person or my kid's not a musical person or what have you. Sure, yeah. but I think you can go stick them in a field somewhere and do some manual labor. I mean, it doesn't have to be yeah. sports. I know for us, my husband is the least athletic person I know as far as sports go. <gasps> our first date. No, not our first date. We were on a date, and he said, "No, what's a touchdown?" And I thought, "I've met my person," because <laughs> I grew up with. Oh, I know. I was like, "Wow!" I grew up with a dad and brothers that are obsessed with sports. So it was. I'm in love. I was. A man who doesn't like, know oh what a touchdown gosh. is. He's the best. So, you know, but he's also very um, active, and he does like physical labor. So I say to that parent. Working is his sport. It is. It's mm-hmm. his thing. Um, I, I would say that extracurricular work as an extracurricular activity probably needs to be implemented in many students' lives. Absolutely. I think there's a lot of benefit to be had from it. Mm-hmm. I can remember in high school, I was on the academic team, and yet my funnest thing that I enjoyed at school was ag shop, welding, building oh, yeah. stuff, doing out. things. Yes, mm-hmm. and I remember w- one day when I was like in eleventh grade, my mom. Pulled me aside and was like, you know, you're getting too obsessed with this shop thing, you know, because she wanted me to focus more on, yeah. you know, academics or whatever. And, I mean, you can do both. Kids can be mm-hmm. – it's good if kids are rounded in all directions. Like Absolutely. That. Well I'm just said. saying, in our society, we've got a lot of times a, you know, an emphasis too much on bookish stuff and not enough on you know life skills pr- stuff. Practical stuff. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Skills, yeah. Or absolutely. Sports instead of life skills stuff. I yes. get kicked off the table. Yes. Well, but no, no, no. I think you, you I learn think you're life right. skills in sports. I'm not saying you don't. I think sports are great. I just mean <laughs> Look at for us. Yeah. I mean the balance truly. Like with RD, he's not athletic. I shouldn't say that. That's probably insulting. He doesn't like sports. Um, 
So for him, you know, that's not something he values. And so he tends to lean more toward the work side. So he has to realize that if they want to play sports, there's value in that. I'm not saying sports are bad at all. Yeah. You have to, you have to, you, you have to know what, the, I mean, each kid's going to, they're going to be interested in things oh, yeah. like, you know, Bella, I've tried to force her into basketball early and she just kept crying because she wanted to cheer. And I was like, <laughs> I can't do it. I cannot sit in this. How do you cheer for a cheerleader? I, what am I saying? I don't even know. And then like, and I really never did get really, I never did like it. I'm just going to be honest with you. <laughs> she got over it because she said it was boring and she just had to stay in there and she wanted to run up and down the floor. And then when she finally uh, did, she picked ballet. It was like, God was Aww. like, oh yeah, well, you don't like cheerleading. Here's something worse. You can't even and cheer for this sport. Here's something worse. You, you can't but cheer for more Christian ballet. That was a wonderful Right. Sport. Yeah. Laurel was there it with had her. It had God in it there. So it yes. made you feel bad because you didn't, I, I, she did amazing and she was, she was gifted and it was wonderful. And, and she really found herself and that and it was great and we did it and I devoted it we drove to Wilmore and three she to pay for it, two to three she? she paid for all of it she I remember help. you telling me that she paid for all of it two to three times a week for like seven years golly yeah seven and I hear years. that and I think man like that's a lot like I'm impressed with I'm your not dedication saying you should do this I'm saying this happened but then you have to fight <laughs> off the feeling of guilt because you know I, no man uh, I don't want to do that no no I know and, and and that's what I tell my kids all the time when they say I don't want to take out the trash or I don't I didn't want to take you to ballet for seven years oh, I don't so want to have sit something to hold on over the baseball their field <laughs> for you know in the cold. every summer all right. summer you know so so let's talk about bargaining let's, tool. Let's, Either let's, one. so Melinda let's talk about homeschool mom's guilt about not being involved in these extracurriculars what drives you to say my kid is not going to miss out on every opportunity that they could ever have because maybe they wouldn't be afforded these opportunities in homeschool world. So I'm going to make sure we find them and we stick to them. Well, that was kind of my, I don't know if I take it that far, but kind of my motivating thing. I grew up in a family where my dad was very um, interested in giving us lots of opportunities to see the world, do the, do the things, Mm -hmm. experience life. And, um, I think he was very passionate about music for some reason. He wasn't, he grew up on a dairy farm. He wasn't a musician. Um, he sings in church, but his heart is there. He loves classical music. And so when I had an opportunity to start taking violin lessons as a little kid, he jumped all over that. And so myself, my sister, and my little brother all played stringed instruments all the way through school. And so I went into my own parenting thinking, I want to find what makes my kids tick and what they love and what they're gifted at. And so we're going to we're gonna go down these rabbit holes. We're going to try these things and see what they do. When, yeah. when Laurel was three or four, she started wanting, three, I guess, wanted to, wanted to take ballet. We lived in Houston at the time. And so I found her a little ballet school. We, she had watched a Barbie movie. Where we, it was about the, the Nutcracker. Was it that <laughs> oh, no. That was it was Barbie, Barbie and the, the Nutcracker. Barbie the Nutcracker, yes. Yeah, and yes. she was Very familiar with the movie. Entranced and it's like I gotta do that. Mm -hmm. So I was like, oh, this will be fun because I love ballet and all the girly things. And she was the first girl, (laughs) yes. So I took her and we did ballet. We she was in ballet from from then until after we moved back here to Kentucky for like nine years. She was in ballet and Mm -hmm. she did the point shoes. She did all of it, but she was never like it was never something she excelled at. She just enjoyed it. And I think the reason she stepped away is because she started figuring it. She first of all she was getting very tall. It's ballet, and she couldn't. Her body wouldn't do what a Mm -hmm. lot of these tiny little girls' bodies would do. And so that's when she found cello, which turned out to be really her thing. But it was important to me to investigate a lot of different opportunities for my kids because I wanted them to find a thing that they loved, that they could do that was not school. And I, I felt like, number one, my kids tend to be more on the artsy side, maybe with the exception of Isla. She's not quite so artsy. But Sawyer and Laurel both, in their own way, are artsy people. And the academics just weren't, I mean, they were a drudgery, which was sad to me because I had always envisioned homeschooling being different, like the Charlotte Mason, like, yeah. we're going to have nature walks and we're going to love all the things that we learned together. <laughs> yeah. And I did not get that from my firstborn or my son. It was like, when can this be over? Now, Laura loved kindergarten. We did lots of uh, reading with, uh, what's the one you get the whole kit and the cores and the sunlight. sunlight. Yeah. She loved sunlight. And then we switched to CC when she's in first grade. That's and what, anyway, <laughs> um, <laughs> She wasn't thriving academically. She didn't love academics. And I thought, well, she's such an artsy kid. I'm going to help her find her thing. So we went through the ballet. We went through music. And then, of course, she started drawing, which she is an incredible artist. Now she's going to end up majoring in art and design. But she, that's always been who she is, is this artsy person. So I thought, if she is hating school, I want to give her an outlet where she loves what she's doing. But it just kind of, we went through a lot of things to find it. And it was okay for it with me. It was fun for me. 
I mean, I didn't like, we drove to Lexington from Lexington Ballet before we found Wilmore. We did that for a year. We did a lot of different things. We're in the crazy find. mom category. Yes, this I'm sorry. Maybe I am the crazy mom. You should emulate. <laughs> Let me just tell you. Shout out, shout out to Laurel. Uh, some of my um, experiences with her artwork. Lead pencil sketches of Van Halen. Mm-hmm. David Lee Roth. I thought yeah. you were going to say something rock and roll. Oh, Even before yeah. you said it, man, yeah. 1980s metal. Oh, she's, yeah, she's oh, moved kind of into phenomenal. 70s folk now. She loves Led Zeppelin. Led Zeppelin's kind of oh. Yeah. Were she's, you a Zeppelin she, fan? Or uh, Stones? Usually, no, it's I one mean, of the two. I was two. familiar I with their Led music Zeppelin. and I listened to it, but it, I wasn't. I wasn't into it like she's into it. Yeah. She's so, so Amy, you, there's mom guilt if you if you don't put them in. There's mom guilt if you do. Mom yeah, guilt just that's true. Mom guilt I mean, is everywhere. You just have it. It doesn't matter. So describe I for us dads that. who really don't give a crap about our children. Um, describe <laughs> Must for be us. Nice. Is there dad guilt? <laughs> no. What? About sports? About I mean, extracurricular? About anything. About finding David. their passion or whatever. Well, well, that's a good question. You're, you're, that's a good question. I would say that dad guilt exists, but it manifests itself in such a different response than the mom. Um, moms tend to not be able to put it to rest until there is some type of resolve. Mm-hmm. For dads, it's kind of a fleeting thought because there's other things that occupy the thoughts. You got to feed people, uh, yeah. and you got to yes, keep moving. Yes, yes. So you, he doesn't really have a ton of observation exposure time to keep reminding him of it. I'm not saying that moms don't let it go. That's not what I mean. I mean that dads don't encounter interaction with their children enough to have it recalled to the mind, mm-hmm. and the mamas do. So, um, the the basic thing is, we, we just are not ex- as exposed to our kids as you guys are. So, uh, dad guilt would probably go up. I still think there'd be a different response because God's made us differently, but um, it, we're not as exposed to front line as you. Do guys you think are. dads tend more to? want their kids to be involved in the things that they were involved in? Well, that's a great question. That's the next oh, question whoops, I'm coming sorry. to. And Good that job. is, and that is living our Not own interests yeah. through our children. Um, I would say that moms they do it in the homeschool world might be a little bit more um, guilty of non-athletic things. And dads are more guilty when it comes to athletic things. As a rule, I don't think that's I don't think that's the rule totally for every situation. There's exceptions, but I think that's generally you know the the oh okay for, here's a, dad basketball volleyball mm-hmm. um, wanting them to excel. I and, will say it's been a lot easier for me to follow Laurel around to all the ballet rehearsals and all the ballet performances and all the orchestra performances and rehearsals and doing the artwork because that's right up my alley. And I did orchestra, you know. But then when Sawyer was playing light soccer, I was like, oh, do I have to go with him on all these <laughs> games or can I just stick him on the bus? Like I wanted him to have that experience, but I didn't feel the same inclination to be a part of it with him and to right. watch all of his yeah. his experiences out there and – uh, and sort of the same with Isla. She's only done upward basketball, which she kind of aged out of, and we haven't done anything since then. And even when she did horseback riding, like, I was happy to just drop her off and let her ride her horse. You know, like, I just, it was not me. So yeah. I didn't get, and then I felt guilty because I'm not as invested. She as had I mom was. guilt, too. I did. I was like, yeah. oh, my, are they going to feel like I don't love them as much because I went everywhere with Laurel to do all her things? And okay, so uh, I'm going to jump in. I'm actually going to jump back to what you asked me about dad guilt. And this might be helpful, hopefully, to people who are listening. Um, and Dwight, you can chime in and see if this is true. Um, dads monitor, well, I'll put it this way. This is one of those illustrations that's not original with me. Somebody gave it to me, and it made sense. Dads are never the thermostat in the room. They are simply the thermometer. The mamas are the thermostats. In other words, the mamas set the temperature. Dads are only capable of telling you what the temperature actually is. He can read the temperature in the room, but he doesn't set it. What I mean by that is the dads oftentimes are watching for what's overwhelming the mom Mm -hmm. because he's the one who hears about it. I agree with that. And he's not the one who made it happen, but he's the one who can read what the temperature is in the room. And because of that, he's got to do some troubleshooting to make sure that that Yes. Thermostat gets leveled out. Mm-hmm. So I would say that 
that's probably why he doesn't experience as much guilt. For example, Melinda, if Corey's watching how much you're running and, and going and the kids are getting unappreciative, um, he can tell what the temperature is by the way that you guys interact. He knows what's going on and he'll have to troubleshoot accordingly. But it's the moms who set the therm- who set the temperature. Would you agree with that? I, that, that I, that's a very good analogy to me. I identify with that as soon as you said that. Okay. Yeah. Um, so dad guilt, uh, I think that they just have a different role. They have a different role. So um, Melinda said that she did not have near as much of a, um, a miserable experience when she's going with Laurel to things that she likes, things she enjoys, that was easier to sit through. Does Does everybody feel the same way? No, I, I actually just I, – I, I do enjoy all of it, but, but I just like – to know moms and other moms, so I always tried to. Ah, so it's a social situation. Yeah, for you. basically. So when you when you take, so, <laughs> so I mean you, that's just the truth. Well, I appreciate the truth. This is what, we're all about transparency here. So so you're thinking, okay, if they do get involved in something, there's going to be some people that I can meet and interact with, and there might be some Christian friends I didn't even know I had. Yeah, and sometimes some of their sports don't have that, and I'm like, you really want to keep doing this. Because I don't have any friends here. (laughs) Don't tell them that, but that's what I'm thinking. I mean, I'm just not jiving with these people. So, really? So, you're telling me, so, 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 Bobby, chime in on this one. So, what she's saying is, let's let's get your reaction on this one. Okay, sure. It's all about me. So, what she is saying is, extracurricular activities can be great for students, but can be ruined by parents that are involved in them. Oh, absolutely. Yes. I would agree with that. Can you give us an example? Um, Names, people. <laughs> like Amy Demidia. Yeah. I mean, we haven't really done any extracurricular sports except for Upward. And that's one that really, um, that's like a Christian thing. So for us, that was a great experience. So I might not be the best one to give examples of that. <laughs> Sorry. Okay, so Dwight, do, do you have any aspirations to live your dreams or goals through Marley when it comes to her extracurriculars? No, I, I, it's interesting. That's when I saw on my phone this morning, that's one of the topics. Kim and I just two or three days ago was talking about a person who they, they don't live in the stadium or they grew up in the county. And there is something, I don't want to be too specific, but they, they went into something that was a big life uh, aspiration of theirs. And uh, they kind of ended up working in that field, but not in exactly the way that they wanted to and thought they were going to. And uh, But now they have a kid, and they're steering this little person right in the same thing. No. Now, I, I know that sometimes things like you mentioned, like being artsy, sometimes that runs in families. You know, you got musical. Sure. Well, I can think of numerous families that, like everybody, the whole family plays instruments or whatever. You know, sometimes interests are, uh, you know, there's a, a hereditary component to it. Although, you know, if you grow up in a home where everybody's playing instruments, some of that's uh, environmental too. Mm-hmm. But uh, just for me personally, I don't like, I, I, I'm not saying it's bad if it naturally happens that you got a kid that is so much like you and their interest is very similar. You know, that's not a bad thing. What if Marley had been a boy? Uh Oh my I had gosh! That same I had that same well, Dwight, Dwight had the the boxing in the yard. I was going to say hey, I've never I, boxed I, with I, my I, kids. I I'm just telling you, I've never kids. boxed with my kids, and, and Marley I, has boxed. Yeah, so you oh, might man. have steered her that into is boxing. Just such direction. a good, you know, that is such Jerry's a when Marley gloves, does that, it's a good outlet, isn't it? It is a fantastic outlet. Jerry said we're getting yeah. When she needs a little break from doing okay, so I just I just want to know if she and Kim get into it. Who gets the best of, of? Well, they haven't ever mixed it up. Uh, Marley is a <laughs> Marley is a really. Uh, she's got natural ability. She does. I can, I can, See, I here you go. he goes. He is staring. He don't want to yeah. admit it. Marley, but it is more fun. Ma- Marley Hopkins, first MMA female. Yeah. No, <laughs> I think no, no. It's I think it's oh, you know absolutely. You know, in my family, you know, like we didn't have cable. You know, <laughs> back in the day, you <laughs> had to do stuff to entertain exactly. yourself. Right. You exactly. can only you can Somebody's only play so much punched. basketball exactly. uh, with your goal on the side of the barn. So we discovered boxing. There were eight of us guys. For I mean, us, it was fun. Either. Exactly. Yeah. But as far as like you know, I mean, boxing man is a dangerous sport. As far as doing it, you sure, know, you have head injuries, stuff sure. like that. But to to put to put the punch mitts on dad, and then she wails for two minutes. 
And you know, then she goes back to doing her math or whatever. It's yeah. it's like it's it's really good. It I'd really say is. it is. It is a great. It is. It, yeah. So, um, Bobby. Yes. Since you felt just, I guess, disqualified to talk too much about extracurriculars <laughs> and all that stuff. Sorry. But but I want you to be the counselor for the two mamas over oh, here. That have, put her over here by me. This that time. have yes, exactly. <laughs> so your counselor is Bobby sitting across the table oh, of Melinda and Amy, who are very um, committed to extracurriculars. I didn't say I was committed. I just said I'm doing it. Oh, okay. Committed means okay. Anyway, anyway, <laughs> you really okay. So do the it. first sign, the first sign of a problem is <laughs> right. the first sign of a problem is denial. Right. Denial right. is the first sign of a problem. Okay. <laughs> so so Bobby. Let's let's talk to these moms here that have a major problem. Um, <laughs> More than and, one. And let's talk to them about using extracurricular, steering clear of using extracurricular as leverage. Okay. Or should they use it as leverage when it comes to countering it with academics? Sure. Okay. Okay. Or attitude. I mean, He's trying can to make you be the back. Can extracurriculars? I mean, I feel unqualified. Can extracurriculars? Okay. Let's, let me give you a hypothetical. Yeah. One. Sure. Absolutely. Okay. Look at Melinda, not me. <laughs> Grayson. Okay, let's use them both. Both your boys okay. are hitting a lazy streak. Okay? Is that possible? Possible, yeah. Okay. So Grayson and Sawyer hitting a lazy streak. Okay. Both of them have extracurricular things. Sawyer likes to go to the um, uh, the technical school mm -hmm. to do um, auto mechanics. Although he not do that since the virus. Okay, but he loves doing he that. Did, yeah. And Grayson... Loves just about anything outside. We uh, would also be doing boys, so uh, volleyball, boys volleyball right now. Okay, pumped okay. And, yeah. and so both of those boys are having some trouble with completing tasks, normal tasks, academics that are involved in other things. <clears throat> Is there ever a time in your observation, Bobby, mm -hmm. when these moms should be pulling the plug on extracurricular involvement? Uh, because it seems to be the thing that they love to do, and you're going to use that as leverage to say, if you don't get busy with this, you're not going to be able to participate right. in those things. I mean, my thought on that would be no, because I don't think that you should pull the thing they love as a punishment over the thing that they hate. I think that that's just teaching them to hate the thing even more. Um, I do feel like, you know, there has to be a personal responsibility aspect to where they realize that part of the privilege of having an extracurricular is you have to do this hard thing. I mean, I feel like it's a great way to teach students. There are hard things that you have to do. It might be math. It might be writing a paper, whatever it is that that specific child's struggling with. You know, it's a good way to say, yes, this is hard, but you have to do it. And as one of the benefits of doing this hard thing is you have this other thing that you love to do that you get to enjoy as a result. I don't think, though, that you should say you're not allowed to do this thing if you're not doing a good job in school. And that would be my thought on that. Yeah. But if they have an if, they don't need to be doing it. Because in public school, your grade, I mean, I had football players that wouldn't, they were not passing on Wednesday, and they were ah. not playing on Friday night. And, and I was the bad guy, like, you are, you from are, the county. Yeah. I mean, the whole oh, county man. was mad at me yeah. as the teacher. But, I mean, that's... <laughs> I'm just saying there well, has I agree to with be, you. yeah, there has to me, and I don't know how you do that in the homeschool world. It's, it's got to be, it's got to be the parents. And if the parents, I mean, there was, Grayson sure. missed a couple of practices based on attitude and I had him call his yeah. coach and tell him why he wouldn't be there. And it was embarrassing and he hated it. And then Kevin sent back this long <laughs> text to Grayson and saying, you know, I expect more of you. And he gave him scripture. He's always done an amazing yeah. job. Absolutely. To have a memorized scripture and, and things. And Grayson always memorized it, but he stepped it up every time right. after that. So I, I would say yes, but as far as just completely pulling it, yeah, that's what I think that's right. what you're saying. Right. Don't pull don't the sport pull away. It, I yeah. mean, again, I think it's a good tool. Like you said, it motivated him, I would think, to do better yeah. when he had to send this letter and say, hey, I had a crappy attitude today. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the mortification factor of, I, and I, know, I didn't have to go. I didn't have to take you. I mean, and who, that's, who everybody wins that, that way. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, I know with Michael David and Logic this year, there's this whole other factor of wanting to impress somebody that's not me. I feel like sports are the same. It's yeah. this great tool to say, if you do a good job, you can do this. If you mm -hmm. do a bad job, you lose this. Absolutely. But don't pull the whole sport or the whole extracurricular. We had an experience with Laurel a couple of years ago where she was sitting first chair cellist in the the Anvil String Program, and she absolutely loved the director. He was funny. He was engaging. He kept her motivated. And she was having real attitude issues at home. And I basically said, you are missing your rehearsal Thursday night, and you are going to call him and tell him why you're not coming. And she was mortified. Yeah. 
And then he said, you know, if if you can't be a reliable person, you can't sit first chair. Well, she's extremely competitive when it comes to playing cello and being on top of her game. And that was just killer for her. And so we saw an attitude improvement after that. Oh. Yeah. Which is the goal. It is, it is interesting from the coach's aspect of extracurriculars. Um, in a homeschool world, you mentioned Kevin, and it's absolutely true, where he knows that the end of the day, <clears throat> winning games is not the issue. Absolutely. Making disciples is the issue. Mm-hmm. And so when you do that and you're linking arms with parents, it can be incredibly difficult for the coach, the coach. to mm-hmm. have to help the players understand this is more than just winning. Mm-hmm. Um, because here's the thing. If you have, uh, for example, volleyball, you rely on six to play together all the time, and they're learning how to collaborate. They're learning how to communicate. They're learning about chemistry. They're learning how mood affects everything. It's a lot more than just physical movements. Mm-hmm. And then you have one who is a bad egg at home, and the parent says, I'm going to have to pull them away from this because it's it the one thing. the whole that, team. Yeah, it affects the whole team. And yeah. so you, you have this collapse where you might win, you might lose three games in a row because here comes a new kid into the situation who is trying their best, but they just these kids have worked together, mm-hmm. and it's a great life lesson Absolutely. to help that to help that player understand that your parents and coaches collaborated enough to say this is a big enough issue oh, yeah. that you're going to feel the pressure of letting down your mm-hmm. team mm-hmm. because of just simple everyday tasks that you should have done. They're not off the team, but they, I mean, I'm sure there's episodes that we could say that, yes, they need to be off the team for some drastic situation that needs more attention, but they learn such a huge lesson. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I, I've talked to some of those players that have been through that. And when they return, they have all of this unhealthy paranoia and anxiety building up until the day that they see everybody and they're back in their routine and back in the groove and they're like, ah, but that pressure that they feel, every parent should not take that away from them because they're feeling it in a controlled environment mm-hmm. where you can watch after them and they know what it's like. So mm-hmm. I would just throw that out there. Don't ever, don't go too easy. I would agree with Bobby. Don't, it doesn't mean you pull them off the team, but there could be some consequences that you could collaborate with your extracurricular people about. Mm-hmm. That's an easy one for sports cellist, oh, yeah. you know, Lauren having that anxiety of having to talk to mm-hmm. them about right. why own it, you mm-hmm. own it exactly. And let them own it and mm-hmm. help them to understand how to do that. And I think that's an example of how sports, you know, we have to remember why we do the extracurriculars. It's not so that our kids can be the best on the team, even though it's more enjoyable when they're good at something, you know, ultimately, why do we do it? And I think that's good to remember. It is for those character things. Yeah. So everybody at the table has multiple children with the exception of Dwight. So let's talk about that. Amy, you started it a little bit earlier, and let's continue it about how do you... I came ba- for answers, David. Yeah. <laughs> Don't well, start with a question. Well, we're going to get you some answers. We're going to get you some but answers. This is the Socratic method. You yes. ask questions to get the yes, answer. Yes, we're doing the Socratic method. Exactly. Okay. And Bobby, and Bobby is here to, to counsel you to... <laughs> Hey, I Bobby has say, no wisdom. I will say that when this whole COVID thing started, I think I had a complete, I was having a collapse in February because our calendar, we were trying to put every kid in a different marker. Mm-hmm. We have a calendar as big as that wall. And we had every kid in a different color. And I, wow. Susanna helps me. She's my, she writes it. And then J- Jerry's work schedule and payday's green. You know, I mean, I'm, I have to because there's just wow. too many parts. Okay. And yeah. I, by the end, look, <laughs> by the end of February, <laughs> I was crying. I was crying over it. And so then in March, Susanna's like, here, we, you know, we always wipe it out. Here we go again. We're wiping off February. We're getting ready to write March. And here we are. And I've had a little bit of sadness because I like to watch my kids do things. But it's very small compared mm-hmm. to, like, I was devastated at first, but I knew God broke it. Because it was broke, and I needed to see it was broke. This is not healthy. We yes. have to. We have to figure it out. And if that, even if every person does one thing, that's still five. Yes. And you're talking five every week. Something they do is going to be weekly, even if it's piano. They do it every week. Yeah. So I'm just. I'm not any help. 
Well, I will say that it's really interesting that this whole coronavirus thing happened because I remember in January honestly feeling and saying, I just wish that the world could come to a complete standstill for a little while and we could you all just did this fault. I know, and I said, that, I said that to people after what happened. I was like, it's all my fault, y'all, because I actually had that thought. Like, I just wish that the whole world would have to come to a standstill. And I was thinking a couple of weeks, you know, I wasn't thinking this. But I have really enjoyed the rest, just not being having every day's agenda with all the places that we've got to be, even if it was even if it was just getting kids to youth group on Wednesday night or whatever, there was just something yeah. every day. Oh, yeah. And what I really hated was that we weren't having family meals together anymore in the mm-hmm. evenings. So oh, many of yeah. these extracurriculars, their rehearsals or their practices are in the evening when you used to have the family dinner hour. Mm-hmm. So you would okay. agree with the uh, statement that there's nothing, there's nothing more busy on the planet than a homeschool mom? Well, she can be. If she, she can be. If I'm she sure there are working moms who are trying to do it all too. You know, yeah. I'm not going to say yeah. that there's nothing more yeah. busy, but I will say that, um, it's very easy to get in over your head very quickly mm-hmm. and to spread yourself thin and to think, I'm doing this for the kids. I'm doing this for the kids. Because that's like your highest motivation. I mean, obviously, the Lord is your highest motivation. But you feel like, I'm doing this homeschooling thing because I want the best for them. And because they don't get these opportunities in a school setting, I have to make them happen. Like, if they were in public school, they could try out the art class. They could try out the choir. They could try out the band. And they they stay could try right after athletics. school. They and could, they go do their yes, sport. Right you just, school, all you got to do is pick them and up. And then you go pick them up. Right. But when you're the homeschool mom, if they're going to have the opportunity you have to make it happen. So at what age, with you guys, what age did you start saying, okay, I'm taking Laurel to cello, or I'm taking Susanna to swimming. You guys take care of yourselves at the house. Or Who, do you all... Jack and Graham? No, I'm, no, I'm talking about if Bella's with them. Oh, yeah, yeah. So as long as there's somebody I X can't even number remember of it, age... Dave. It's been two months. I've just blocked it out. It's over okay. now. So... <laughs> That's a good question. I think I didn't start leaving Sawyer and Isla home by themselves until he was about 13, <laughs> 12 or 13. But I would take no, Sawyer and Isla to do things. I mean, Sawyer and Laurel, sorry, and leave Isla by herself. I've, I've done it at 10, 11. I mean, because she's just really depends independent. On the kid. She's very independent. Mm-hmm. And she's had two older siblings that she's watched grow up. She's always been chomping at the bit to do what they're doing. Mm-hmm. So she's more independent than they were at her age. Mm-hmm. I got you. That's a whole other subject. How how old? How old is? Too many of us. We were never alone. We're nine of us. Yeah, but you didn't run all over the country, did you? Y'all didn't go everywhere. That's different. Growing up on a farm. Yeah, Yeah. you just don't. Yeah, yeah. So I want to change gears for a minute and bring up another subject Um, because we have some time, and I and I I think we could ramble on this one, but I I want to bring up something else. You didn't give me any answers. Okay, here's the answer, Amy. You overthink too much. Well, Amy, do you want the kid? answers or you want to keep asking the questions? I'm asking Dwight. <laughs> Dwight. Once what more, David said. Once more, <laughs> oh, Dwight. Dwight. I love it, Dwight. Such a, mm, <laughs> let's see. One, one sport per kid is still five. Okay, what about the, what about uh can Leah's, I just give some Leah's advice? Mom, she's yeah, got seven. Yeah. Listen, your friend's about ready to give some advice. I mean, it's just, I know for us what I've had to think truly is, you know, I, I just have had to do a cost-benefit analysis almost, which my kids are just now to the age. Mine are younger. I understand that. And I feel like that it's different when you have little kids versus kids that are older. Michael David is just starting to ask about playing baseball. Thankfully, the season was canceled this year, and I didn't have to face that. <laughs> you killed me. Uh, I know. I know. Thankfully. But no, really, truly, for us, you know, I have just realized that the schedule that we have, the life that we lead, this isn't going to be helpful for everybody because not everybody has that. But, you know, for us and with Artie's work schedule and with the way that it is, it's either I'm going to be doing all the sports stuff or they're not all going to be able to do it. And I realize I can't do it. If I do it, I'm going to sacrifice my mental soundness and my ability to not be a total grouch to everybody, which is already touchy some days. Um, and so I've just had to learn I can't do it. And so for me, it just means saying no. I'm not saying that's the answer for everybody. I just know that I have realized I can't do it. But you also don't love to sit in the stands and just, like, That's, hang out with a bunch of moms. I mean, I enjoy It's It's not – no, you're right. I'm not as social as you. Like, the thought of going to meet new friends, I, I – Right. No. I mean, I think it has to I'm do good. with your personality. And every family's I got a different – I love people. Yeah. But I just um, – I don't know. I, I do feel like it's okay to say no, I guess would be my biggest advice. Is yeah. It's always, okay to say I can't always do say this. say no first and change your mind but later. But then maybe you get more out of saying yes than you do saying no. I mean, really. I think you no. pray for wisdom. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so what, so what, what, Bobby, what Bobby is saying in a very nice way is, Amy, 
quit saying yes every stinking time your kid has an idea about an extracurricular activity. And if it's you, and if it's you that's coming up with the idea. (laughs) Sometimes. Hey, I want to say that we're talking to a whole, you know, our radio audience. (laughs) And these callers have called in. And and so other moms have shared with me that they feel the same way. And I think. So you're asking for a friend? I got friends. I got friends because they're with me at all the sports. Um, This is why I don't have friends, because we don't do sports. You have me. I know, yeah. And I think the thing is. Which is becoming very high maintenance for her to have. Oh, it's always been high maintenance for her. She just committed. Um, Is that even when they're young, I think, I think, I think it's less, I don't want to say less important when they're young, but I think we, you know, we start those wheels when they're four and five and, oh, they should be doing, I remember taking Bella to gymnastics at four mm-hmm. in Harrodsburg. Well, they're so in cute in their uniforms yes. when they're four. They are so she wouldn't even sit, all she had to do was sit on a square, oh, this I little know. square. She wouldn't even sit on the square. I'm like, I paid $75, you know, every three months for you to not sit on the square. I mean, so I guess maybe the older they get. They're going to start seeing what they're what they're oh, interested yeah. in, and they're going to be interested. In, some kids are going to be interested in everything, and some kids are going to be interested in nothing. So you got to do the balance. The ones that are interested in nothing, you got to put. You got to find something. You can't just Let's go to the concession stand, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, that's something. <laughs> yeah, that's the potato chip kid. <laughs> Whatever. Um, okay. Okay. So, so Dwight, I'm about, myself. Dwight, about about four minutes ago. <laughs> I said I was going to take Change a new direction. Subject. I know. I'm sorry. I was going to take a new direction. I'm not going to be invited back next week. But 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 here's the funny direction <laughs> the that it was going. For real. And we're getting ready to have fun with this, because you and I sitting at the table as two dads, mm-hmm. around three moms, just saw somewhat of the outworking of what happens when the mom tries to figure out how she's supposed to juggle the extracurriculars mm-hmm. and what she goes through and what happens. And if you spend any time at a co-op and you watch moms get together, they're doing that. And generally, the dad is either migrated to the dad corner (laughs) or he's observing what's going on. So let's talk about this for a second, just dad to dad. When do we get involved in this discussion to help them figure it out? Maybe that is a good way to help some of these uh, NHCC families. When does the dad jump in and say, cool it? Mm Mm-hmm. Well, you know, decision making that affects your kids is it's got you know the the God set the family up and He set the family up with a male and a female bow, so you you know you've got to have you know there there's there's value to the mother you know thinking too much or you know brainstorming too much or whatever. A lot of good ideas are generated from brainstorming activity, you know, but then the dad is maybe um, you know I don't know you know, the right words, I don't want to say more rational, but um, I don't know the right, you know, men just think differently and they're going to think less emotionally. Emotion's not bad. It's part of us, you know, Um, but it takes both, you know, it takes a mom and a dad both figuring out, you know, to get the right balance in a situation. Yeah. Now, for most of the dads that would even give a listen to what we're talking about, they're a little bit, they're a little bit hesitant you and I, in the providence of God, have freedoms that other dads don't yes, have. Yeah, There's no question, no question that. about that. To... So, so most of these dads are going to play a little bit more of a passive role mm-hmm. because they know that the moms are going to be the ones ultimately. But there's there's value in that too, though, because sometimes when you're not as involved, because you're the maybe you're the more the breadwinner or whatever, you right. can just walk into a situation. Sometimes it's bad to walk into a situation. You're not really even sure. You can't take the temperature very quick. You you're not sure you know what the parameters are. You may not make a good decision. Sometimes there's an advantage to being the dad. You've been at work all day, and you come in, and you know. The mom just starts, you know, telling, oh, I'm going crazy and I'm going in five different directions with all these kids and stuff. Sometimes it's an advantage for the dad to have been not so emotionally involved in that all day because he's been at work. Yeah. And so, you know, sometimes a person, not just a dad, but maybe a sounding board person in your life that you trust good, you know, they have good instincts and judgment. And sometimes when they're not involved, they can look at that situation in a, in a more, I don't want to say detached, but, you know, you know what I'm trying to say. Sure, that, sure. They can be more Objective. look at it more objectively and rationally. Sure. Now let's carry that to its next level. Okay. Let's say that Dad comes in and rationally sees, "Hey, look, honey, you're, you, you're I have to protect. Yourself. I have to protect you yeah. from your grace. They're insulting your grace. Yeah. 
Yes. And you draw the line on behalf of the mom for the sake of the kids. And throughout the day, the kids are continuing <laughs> to poke at that grace, hoping to break down a barrier <laughs> on mama. Um, am I talking real life here? Oh. Yes, yes. Okay. And and so when does a dad, <laughs> We again, we, we're reminding ourselves of the freedoms and the providence of God that God's given you and I, Dwight, mm-hmm. that not every dad has. When does, what does dad do at that, pom- that moment um, when it's a continual picking? Well, for me personally, maybe it's because my dad was like this too. That is one of my strongest areas that I'm, my radar goes up probably quicker than anything when Marley already knows what, you know, we've laid the law down. And she don't, she never lobbies me. You know, she <laughs> never, ever does that. But she will, Kim. Mm-hmm. And I can I don't know why, you know, as a male, I've got selective hearing. But, boy, it doesn't matter where I'm at in the house. I can hear when Marley, and she tries to do it very discreetly. You know. <laughs> yeah. And I, I don't know why, but, boy, you know what I'm saying? That's just for me personally. What do you say to her? That's a male well, role th- well, right I, there, man. The, yes, the yes. And I think that you just hit the nail on the head yep. that these kids lobby yes. towards their mothers yes. after the father has given the executive order. Yes. And it's like hyenas. They, 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 smell they try. Fear. So they let's so let's talk a little bit about that. I, I know that I know that we started the conversation <laughs> with extracurricular activities. I get that. Yes. But but this plays a role in yeah. how do we determine yes. how much, how many what to do, um, and then if a mom has had to hear the barking of a child all day long, or the sometimes it shows up in not a barking from a child, but an apathetic attitude, just a, well, you've ruined my life, so <laughs> I'm not even going to look at you, talk to you. Mm-hmm. I'll do the least of what's expected. Mm-hmm. Whatever is the is the word of the day. It might not be said, but it's lived. Whatever, mm-hmm. whatever, yeah. you know. Um, am I talking like it's yeah, a storybook for your lives? It's fine, Mama. It's <laughs> fine, okay? It's fine. Just Nothing. relax, Mama. It's fine. Yeah. No, it's really not fine. Yeah, exactly. So at what point does Dad have to come in like gangbusters? You, you said you can... <laughs> you you said you could, you've got selective ding, hearing. Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> Bring the box and gloves Exactly. <laughs> what do you do? What What would be your all's corrective measures to do with Marley? What would you do at that point when she's... What works on her, you know, is like just take away screen time or something like that okay yeah morally you know she she has a you know an an innate thing she like what melinda's talking about you know she she well she can get an attitude quick Mm -hmm. but she is quick to you know you can talk her back down quick too you know yeah so this is one of those incredible balances that the lord alone is going to have to help Mm -hmm. mom strike and that is Not necessarily using the extracurricular as leverage. Um, for a lot of these teens, extracurricular is screen time. I mean, mm-hmm. it's a lot of it. And something that is really maybe a more of who you are as uh, like in a core way. I don't agree with taking those things away, but there's lots of things that do that kids do that's not really getting to the core of who they are, yeah. but they really enjoy it. You know, there's things you can find to take away. Yeah. I think the things that are part of the core of who they are, though, yeah. you know, those things they're going to do. I feel like that's even beyond extracurricular. They're just going to do those things. Yeah, in their I, free see, time. I agree with that, too. Yeah. And, and I know each of you all and your families and your dynamics, and Bobby with RD, uh, Melinda with Corey, and Amy with Jerry. I know that you guys, whenever you feel like you're being lobbied, which is a great way to describe <laughs> it. Um, when you're being lobbied by your children, it's not that you're looking for your husbands to agree with you. They probably already do. You're simply looking for that reinforcement, mm-hmm. that that stronger right. arm. Yes, I'm just um, weary at the end of the day. Like I'm so done, and I just yeah. I want I just want him to take over sometimes because yeah. I'm just so fed up with all of it yeah. all day long. Well, I would like to tell you that that does not stop. That that does stop after graduation, but to this day. Um, my children still lobby their mother, mm-hmm. and that's not bad either. There, there there's some positives too. Yes, that. I, I, I there, always there want is. them to have a yes. friendship in their yes. mom. I yes. always want them to do that. Yeah, um, and she will constantly tell them, "Look, when you tell me, you have to know that your dad's going to yes. know." I've had yes. my kids say, "Don't tell dad," but 
I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> You're not allowed to do that. Yeah. See, like That's maybe maybe with my dad, which you know, like my dad was a veteran. You know, he had he he came from a background of structure and you know law and order or whatever. But also, when you have nine kids, yeah. there's a time when you say, hey, here, we don't have time to have this you know this debate and. You know, here's how it is. Here's how we roll as a family, and that's that because you don't have time to sit down with nine individuals. Yeah, that yeah. could be too much input. You know? yeah. yeah, sometimes. Well, yeah, and I will say, not a, not for the reason of feeling sorry for people, but there's times when moms feel like they're surrounded by people, but they're the loneliest person in the room. Amen. Yes. Agreed. But I will tell you that the dads, when they have to make decisions like that, are out on an island. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because they they have no friends, and God's designed them in a way that. They don't have to over. They're too busy to overthink that. But uh, definitely, moms can feel the weight of being surrounded by people, but really have nobody. Yeah. So, and that's the reason we do podcasts like this is to let them know you're not alone. Mm-hmm. You you have friends. You have people that are transparent. And that's what I love about every one of you. Very transparent. Very diverse. We're not trying to pretend here. Pretending gets us nowhere when it comes to this journey of homeschooling because then we start judging ourselves by ourselves and you'll just surround yourself by people that you're superior to. You'll look for them. Uh, Everybody wants to be the queen of the dipsticks. I mean, they just just look for them. So... Is that a quote by David Frelick's? That's a quote by David Frelick's. Yes, you wanted answers, you got them here. <laughs> that needs to be on a bumper sticker. Yeah. Not everybody wants to be queen. queen of the I don't have a pen. Darn. <laughs> Darn. Okay, so Dwight, um, if we could sum up what we're thinking about as far as extracurriculars, and the reason I'm letting us dads talk is because the moms, good grief. What a there mess we are. Wow. <sighs> um, catch your breath, girls. <laughs> but anyway, Dwight, wrap up this thing of extracurriculars how could we summarize how to go about choosing, not choosing? Um, we obviously realize it needs to be a collaborative effort between mom and dad, both taking taking a good observation of what's, what's going on. I understand the interest. What does the kid have an interest in? But can you give us just some good summary statements? You don't have your paper, your notebook. Yeah, I should be. <laughs> you know, one so thing that's easy to forget to, in anything, too, is a lot of times <laughs> – you're, you know, um, you know, we're, we're, we're all imperfect and yet we learn a lot from mistakes if they're honest mistakes, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, so, um, a lot of it is just, you know, there's, there's no, a lot of it's trial and error. You learn, you know, it like even, okay, I was, I was, uh, um, uh, 43 when Marley was born. Okay, I know a lot about myself at 43 years old, yeah. but uh, but not uh, being a dad. Uh, being a dad is something you you have to do it. You know, you can't uh, get it vicariously by watching other dads. Yeah. So you know, um, you're always in new territory, and then of course you when you, like if you have five kids, they're all different. You know, you got to deal with each one individually. You know. Yeah. So I mean, there's, there, you know, it's hard to give any any parameters other than you know. Man, everything in life, if if you're trying to do it right, takes a lot of wisdom. Yeah. And there's a lot of learning as you go. You know, give us this day our daily bread. Mm-hmm. A lot of that is, man, just help me to figure out today how to deal with what I'm doing today. Mm-hmm. You know? Absolutely. I know it's talking about other things. Right. When it says sufficient to the day is the evil thereof. But evil, you know, evil, we're, we're since Genesis 3. We're surrounded by evil. Uh, evil affects how we parent our kids. Sure, you know we're we're in a fallen nature. I mean, yeah. it, you know, so um, we have. Um, it takes a lot of wisdom, and uh, we learn as we go a lot. Yeah, so, absolutely. You know. That's don't be afraid to make some errors. Don't be just, afraid. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think prayer is so important. It's easy to overlook prayer yeah. when it comes to extracurriculars for our kids. But I've been studying the Book of James with our women's Bible study, and we're doing a Zoom Bible study every week, and. Um, we're in the passage, I think it's chapter four, where he says, um, you plan, I can't, I'm not going to quote this verbatim, what, what you're going to do today or tomorrow or next year, we'll go into this town or that town and we'll make a profit and all that, and how that's arrogant boasting, that you should seek the Lord. And I really think that it's easy for us to look at our kids and say, oh, we're going to let them be involved in this activity and we're going to do that activity. And fail to ask him what's best for my child is yeah. this is this what i think is best or is this what you think is best and there's so much to be said for just quiet time with the lord asking him to direct and i i think that we've sort of come to the place where we were realizing that laurel's passion with cello was the kind of thing that could carry her 
far in life. It could end up being a career if she wanted it to be. And the other two kids were just kind of putzing along doing stuff. Yeah. And I, and I felt like the Lord showed us, keep her. We're, she's excelling here. This is a thing for her. And now it's going to end up paying for a big chunk of her college, even though she's not a major. You know, it's, it's something she'll do for the rest of her life. But my other two... And I don't know that I would have been objective enough on my own without seeking the Lord to say, we need to stop the horseback riding lessons. We need to stop the light soccer. We need to, because I wanted each of them to have their thing. And I was so into that. And I just, I feel like I'm rambling, but clarity comes from the Lord. And we don't seek the Lord enough for the little things. We, we seek him for the big things a lot. What co-op should I do next year? Is it, or should we stay here? You know, what college is she going to? But the little daily things like, are piano lessons a good thing for her, Lord? Are uh, is is basketball good for him? Is is this is this what we need to be pursuing with him? Yeah, it's really important. This is where I have the utmost respect. Even though I've been teasing you, mamas, I have the utmost respect for you guys. And here's here's the reason why. You're talking about seeking the Lord, and every one of your husbands could do that in the quietness of a ride from work, mm-hmm. um, in um, maybe in their in their career they have a little bit of downtime and they can think for a few moments. You mamas have to really fight structurally, logistically, for time to seek the Lord. First thing I know that Lord. if I ever get a biblical question from Amy, it's early enough that her kids are probably not awake. <laughs> Too early. To... Because you have to really fight mm-hmm. for that time. And so my utmost respect for you guys, because you are in that daily grind, which you've chosen and you delight in, but you know you need the Lord's wisdom. So you really got to... And and this is where I think dads come in, and that is to give you that time to to go do that. Mm-hmm. Just It's easier for me now that my youngest is 12. Yeah. And now that we're having coronavirus and they're not getting up in the morning like they used to, they're sleeping as late as they possibly can. So yeah. I have a little more time to do that in the morning in this season of my life. But when they were little, it is very hard. Yes. You have to fight for a, a time. Absolutely. Amy, any closing thoughts? <laughs> no, I need to go get some more sugar because y'all drained me. I'm feeling very <laughs> depressed any thoughts, Bobby, to wrap sad. Up? No, depressed I just agree with what they were saying. I mean, I think there's lots of wisdom to be had. So. Well, I I will say as a closing remark that extracurriculars are something that um, we have thought about at New Hope Classical Co-op. There's some parents that would love to be involved in building those kind of things in a small startup type way. And one of the reasons is because when you're around these people, you develop a a sweet sense of community and fellowship. And so if you're going to do some extracurriculars, you'd like to do them with the people that you have some kindred spirit with and so I did want to say something and so that is that is coming so just keep watch on emails and podcasts uh when we first came to the first light thing and uh Kevin stood up and talked about having a basketball team and of course him being deaf I was like how could he you know I don't understand how this it's been amazing um and then I they asked me if I wanted to coach the girls basketball team and I almost cried because I love basketball and I I coached at Garrett many years, but there was just something missing. Like, I, you know, I loved the girls. I loved the parents. I loved the road trips. I loved Big Macs at 11 PM. I loved all of, there was something missing. And, um, the first, one of the first games we had at light, we, David was playing some music before the game and it was just, you know, K love music or whatever, whatever, I'm sure your playlist has changed since eight years ago, but I I stood there and I, and I was getting ready to coach this game and they were playing Christian music on the floor and the girls were warming up to it. And it wasn't like, you know, how great thou art. I mean, it was like motivating (laughs) music. And I was like, Oh my gosh, I almost cried. And then they stop and they, everybody stops music and everybody, including refs and coaches and players go to the middle of the court and we pray. And I know we've done it for so long now that I've taken it for granted, but it's truly, if if you do love sports, not all families love sports, but if you do love sports, it's been an answered prayer because mm-hmm. because my children are kind of good at sports and they're not good at music. Bella's good at music, but and they don't, you know, they don't like farm stuff. They, you know, this is what they like and it's what they do and they're good at it. But to be able to do it and point to God uh-huh. in the process, yeah. I mean, you cannot. 
Like, so I guess what I'm saying is extracurricular involves everything. And if you can do FFA and point to God in the process, or you can do ROTC and you can point to God in the process, then to God be the glory because you're doing something that you love. He's gifted you in Mm -hmm. and he gets the glory. And there's so many ways like in public school, you can do those things, but it's, it's pointing at self. Mm -hmm. And then we're teaching our children to point to self and we're teaching them to, we're putting them up on a pedestal where they're getting trophies, they're getting banners, whatever. It's about them. And this is different, yeah. and it is good. And, I, and I, I mean, it can be bad. You can, you can still mess it up because we're people, humans. But um, I have forgotten just how ama- that's just been a tremendous blessing that I was able to do something mm-hmm. that I love yeah. and still, you know what I mean? And then, you know, if, if a kid's not doing good, you send them a verse and tell them to memorize. I mean, I couldn't do that when I coached public school sports. I couldn't. Yeah. I mean, but I would say too. I mean, listen to what you say. Um, my kids probably aren't great at sports. I have one or two that might be, but but it's hard. Even you know, trying to find the balance of how to let them do what they love and find that for somebody like myself that doesn't do as many with the extracurriculars, it's you know trying to find that balance of what does that look like and how do you love your children well. And protect your own schedule and your own sanity in the midst of that. So, I mean, it's encouraging to know it's there. It's just, I hope I don't yeah. sound like I'm looking down on people that are doing all this. No, it's a bad. It's trying d- to figure you out. You do, and I've been so offended. <laughs> I know. You can get over well, it. And all of us will do it wrong. Honestly, <laughs> yeah. all of us hard. will do it wrong. We're all going to err yeah. in one way or another. We're going to fall off the fence with yeah. too much. We're going to yeah. fall off the fence with not enough because it's not about perfection. It's about doing the best we can. We feel God calling us to do, and even our mess-ups become a part of their story. Yeah, and, I, and I'll say just to cap that off and to wrap up our time, your mistakes, my mistakes, does not mean that they will be the same mistakes by someone else. Yeah. Um, I, I say that to say if sports does not turn out um, – well, so for Amy, sports is, is a big thing. Yeah. But if – if she says non-sports extracurriculars are just not my thing, it doesn't mean that Amy gets to say that that's should never be anybody's thing Mm -hmm. because it's just, because God's made us all different. Mm -hmm. So, and just because it failed for one doesn't mean it'll fail for another. But I say that not just from family to family, but even from kid to kid, Absolutely. even from kid to kid. Um, So just remember that. And extracurriculars can be beneficial uh, at the end of the day, if they don't serve to glorify God and make a more fun- fully functioning follower of Jesus Christ, they're not worth the time, right. um, nor is anything else for that matter. Well, hey, listen, God bless everybody. We are wrapping up the year. Hope these have been a blessing, and we will talk to you next week.